This is a Reconstructionist radio production. Please visit GaryNorth.com slash free books to download this book in PDF format. By This Standard The Authority of God's Law Today by Greg L. Bonson Published by the Institute for Christian Economics, Tyler, Texas Copyright 1985 Section D Old Testament Law in the New Testament Age Chapter 11. The New Testament explicitly supports the law. Quote, The New Testament message and morality are squarely founded on the validity of God's law. Without that foundation, the gospel would be expendable and the Christian walk would be aimless and self-serving. End quote. In previous chapters, we have traced numerous lines of biblical thought which teach and require the validity of God's commandments all of them throughout the Old and New Testaments, and their continuing authority in our lives. Because we live in an age which is so antagonistic to God-given directives, and because such vast portions of the current church are likewise disinclined towards God's revealed stipulations, it is crucial that we pay close attention to the precise teaching of God's inspired, unerring, and authoritative word. Biblical ethics is not opposed to the law of God, rather, That law is essential to Christian morality. The wise man will establish his moral perspective on the rock foundation words of Christ in Scripture. Therein we are instructed that God is unchanging in his standards for righteousness, not altering them from age to age or from person to person. Since God's law defined righteousness in the Old Testament, it continues to define righteousness for us today. God has no double standard. Whether the Christian strives to imitate the holiness of God, to model his behavior after the life of Christ, or to be led by the Spirit, he will invariably be directed by Scripture to heed the law of God. The law is a transcript of God's unchanging holiness, the standard of righteousness followed by the Savior, and the pattern of sanctification empowered by the Spirit. The continuing authority of God's law today is inherent to a biblically-based theology. Time does not change or wear out the validity of God's commands and a change of geography or locality does not render them ethically irrelevant. With the coming of the New Covenant and the spreading of the church throughout the world, we still read in Scripture that the law of God is to be written on our hearts, and we are to disciple all nations and teach them to observe whatsoever the Lord has commanded. The biblical doctrines of God, Christ, the Holy Spirit, and the covenant of grace all harmonize in pointing to abiding validity of God's inspired law. The Three Approaches If one takes a normative approach to ethics, a motivational approach to ethics, or a consequential approach to ethics, he is always brought to the same conclusion. God's law is authoritative for contemporary ethics. The norm which God has given to direct our lives and to define our sin is revealed in his law, a law from which we are to subtract nothing, since the lawgiver has not altered his law, indeed the Son of God has confirmed that law for his followers, it must remain valid for us today. If we turn to the motivational approach to ethics, our concern will be to live in a way appropriate to our gracious salvation. We will want to be the kind of people who are characterized by faith and love. Scripture shows us that those who are grateful for God's grace will strive to live in obedience to His commandments. Rather than canceling the commandments of God in ethics, faith establishes the law and love is a summary of the law's requirements. So then, a motivational approach to ethics, like the normative approach, declares the current validity of God's law. 
Finally, the consequential approach to ethics evaluates actions and attitudes according to their beneficial results or comparative lack thereof. Christ teaches us in his word that the primary goal of our moral behavior is the kingdom of God. When we make it that, every temporal and eternal blessing will be ours. The righteousness of this kingdom is defined by the law of the king, and thus scripture promises that obedience to the law of God will eventuate an outstanding blessing for ourselves, our neighbors, and our society. In short, the law of God was revealed for our good. Therefore, the validity of God's law has been substantiated in previous chapters by the cardinal doctrines of the Christian faith and by all of the major perspectives on ethics. The present authority of the Lord's commandments is inescapable of any honest reading of God's word. Moreover, the validity of God's law extends to all of his righteous commandments. None can be subtracted from the stipulations which bind us without his authority, and such subtraction has no biblical warrant. Both Old and New Testaments teach God's people to live by every word from God's mouth, for God does not alter the words of his covenant. Every one of his ordinances, we are taught, is everlasting. Accordingly, Christ emphatically taught that his advent did not in the least abrogate one jot or tittle of the Old Testament law. According to his teaching, even the minor specifics of the law were to be observed as a measure of our standing in the kingdom of God. Paul maintained that every Old Testament scripture has a moral authority for the New Testament believer, and James pointed out that not one point of the law was to be violated. Reflecting the unchanging righteousness of God, every commandment has abiding validity for us. To subtract even the least commandment is to transgress God's explicit prohibition and to be least in the kingdom of God. Hence, the morality of the Old Testament is identical with that of the New. New Testament Affirmations There are many ways in which the New Testament undergirds the summary statements that have been rehearsed above. Attention to the teaching of the New Testament will disclose the emphatic endorsement it gives to the Old Testament law of God. For instance, the New Testament is concerned that men who are guilty of sin redeemed by Christ. For instance, the New Testament is concerned that men who are guilty of sin be redeemed by Christ and learn to live without sinning by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because sin is defined as transgression of God's law, 1 John chapter 3 verse 4 and Romans chapter 7 verse 7, the thrust of the New Testament message presupposes the validity of God's law for today. Throughout the New Testament, the believer's perpetual moral duty is that of love, and yet love is defined by the New Testament in terms of God's law. Matthew 22 verse 40 and Romans 13 verse 10 and 1 John chapter 5 verses 2 and 3. Consequently, the New Testament message and morality are squarely founded on the validity of God's law. Without that foundation, the gospel would be expendable and the Christian walk would be aimless and self-serving. We can briefly summarize a number of other ways in which the New Testament indirectly but forcibly indicates the authority of all God's law for this age. The Teachings of Jesus Oftentimes, the people who are introduced in the New Testament as blessed or favored by God are characterized as obedient to God's law in particular. For instance, Elizabeth, Zacharias, Joseph, and Mary. Luke chapter 1 verse 6, chapter 2 verses 21 through 24, 27, and 39. During his ministry on earth, Christ often appealed to the law of God to bolster his teaching. John eight seventeen. Vindicate his behavior, Matthew 12, 5. Answer his questioners, 
Luke 10.26, indict his opponents, John 7.19, and give concrete identity to the will of God for men, Matthew 19.17. He taught his disciples to pray that God's will would be done on earth, Matthew 6.10. And after his resurrection, he directed them to teach all nations to observe whatsoever he had commanded, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. In all of these ways, without elaborate introductions or explanations for departing from a general principle or perspective, the New Testament simply assumes the standing authority of every command of the Lord found in the Old Testament. If the Old Testament law were invalidated by the advent or work of Christ, the preceding examples would be incredibly out of character and call for some convincing explanation. Yet none was needed. Jesus affirmed with solemn authority that not even the least commandment of the entire Old Testament was to be taught as without binding validity today. Matthew chapter 5 verse 19. For according to his perspective, scripture cannot be broken. John chapter 10 verse 35. Accordingly, Christ reaffirmed elements of the Decalogue. For example, thou shalt not kill. In Matthew chapter 19 verse 18. He also cited as morally obligatory aspects of the Old Testament case law. For instance, do not defraud, Mark chapter 10 verse 19, and thou shalt not test the Lord thy God, Matthew chapter 4 verse 7. He even cited with approval the penal code of the Old Testament with respect to incorrigible delinquents, Matthew chapter 15 verse 4. Jesus expected the weightier matters of the law to be observed without leaving the minor details undone, Luke chapter 11 verse 42. He was concerned that his own behavior be correctly seen as in accord with God's law. Mark chapter 2 verses 25 through 28. And he directed others to live by the law's regulations. Mark chapter 1 verse 44 and chapter 10 verses 17 through 19. None of this could make sense except on the obvious assumption that all of the Old Testament law continues to be an authoritative standard of morality in the New Testament era. Because that law is indeed our standard of ethics, Christ the Lord will one day judge all men who commit lawless deeds. Matthew chapter 7 verse 23 and chapter 13 verse 41. The Teaching of the Apostles The apostolic attitude toward the law of the Old Testament parallels that of Christ. The keeping of the law is greatly significant. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 19. For the believer is not without the law of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 20 through 27. Law-breaking is not to have dominion over the believer. Romans chapter 6, verses 12 and 13, and 1 John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. For the Holy Spirit fulfills the ordinance of the law within him. Romans chapter 8, verse 4. The law is written on the new covenant believer's heart. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10. So that those who loyally follow Christ are designated by John as those who keep the commandments of God and hold the testimony of Jesus. Revelation chapter 12, verse 17, chapter 14, verse 12. The apostles often supported their teaching by appealing to the law. For example, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 34 and James chapter 2 verse 9. Its general precepts found in the Decalogue. For example, thou shalt not steal, Romans chapter 13:9. The case law applications of those details. For example, thou shalt not muzzle the ox when he treads, 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 18. The penal code, for example, if I am an evildoer and have committed anything worthy of death, I refuse not to die. Acts chapter 25 verse 11, as seen in Deuteronomy chapter 22 verse 22 and Romans chapter 13 verse 4. And even holiness requirements in the ceremonial law, for example, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 14 through 18. Conclusion 
We must conclude that anyone whose attitude toward the Old Testament law is informed by the teaching and practice of the New Testament must maintain that law's full and continuing validity today. Those who, in the name of a distinctive New Testament ethic, downgrade or ignore the Old Testament law are sternly warned by the Apostle John, quote, He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him, end quote. 1 John chapter 2, verse 4. In genuinely biblical ethics, the Old Testament will not be pitted against the New Testament at any point. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom.